everybody i'm dave and i'm john and this is coffee and capes a podcast where we two enthusiasts talk about things that two things that we love a lot drinking coffee and enjoying geek culture so true every week nothing's changed in like the number of weeks that we've been doing this and honestly all the weeks in leading up to this correct yes i believe this is episode 18 it is episode 18 man that's crazy episode 18 and we reached a milestone what milestone was that uh we had over a thousand downloads and listens so thanks everybody like wow that's thank cool. you um we know by comparison to you know i don't know hugely famous people that's not much but we're we appreciate all of you that have uh, come on this ride with us we're uh, we're having a fun time we hope you are too listening and uh, we're just gonna keep it going yep for sure absolutely um all right well you've found us in some manner or another john give us all the ways that people can connect with us absolutely so if you're watching this you found us on youtube and as always uh if you're watching us on youtube there's a little subtle hint in the background or you know not so subtle talking about today um we're also on itunes uh spotify podcast stitcher google podcast wherever you listen to your podcasting at uh, you can find us. And then we're all over the interwebs on social media. So Instagram at coffee underscore letter N underscore capes. Uh, we're at on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Uh, we do have a website coming very, very soon. Um, yeah. And if you need to, if you want to reach out, you've got comments, questions, thoughts for a future episode something you'd like to hear us talk about that's particularly near and dear to your heart, you can shoot us an email at supers at coffeeandcapes.com. Excellent. Thanks for all the ways that you're, uh, you're connecting with us. We, we appreciate that. We uh, enjoying some comments and, uh, and, and uh, we're going to get to that in just a moment, but first it's coffee time. John, what are you drinking today? I am drinking a, uh, it's called Jones Coffee. It's actually a, a locally created uh, coffee company, small coffee company out here on the West Coast. Um, this is their their medium roast West Coast blend. It's not bad. It's not bad. You know, it, every now and then you get a coffee that's just, you know, okay. It's just, it's, yeah. Yeah. Does, does the job in the morning. And this this one does the job. In the morning. Yeah, I hear you. Um. Somewhat similarly, I am back to the uh, organic Mayan blend, um, which I enjoyed a couple episodes ago. But uh, that's you know that was the some beans that we had sitting around, and we we're was hadn't finished that bag yet, so we were back to that one. And it's same. It's very, it does the job. It's not like my favorite ever, but it's certainly not terrible by any means either. It's it's a good solid wake you up in the morning kind of coffee. All right, time for uh, our next segment, our newest segment that we like to call fan fiction, where we respond or react to uh, a comment or, or a thought that people have shared with us. Yeah, yeah. And thanks, everybody, for, for leaving your comments and your thoughts. Um, you know, it's great. We really appreciate it, especially when your thoughts differ from ours. Like, you know, yeah. we learn stuff off of that. We get to see different opinions and ideas. Um, so thanks for sharing. So this one comes off of Facebook um, from last week's podcast. 
And this is from David Palazzolo. And he said, I wish DC had a company that can do a better job than Warner Brothers, like Legendary Pictures. I'm sure they'll make DC films a lot better than what Warner Brothers has been doing to its franchise. Man, what a absolutely, um, first, thanks, David, for the, for the post. But, you know, it's a great, great point, yeah. right? Maybe a different movie, fran a different movie company, production company, do a better job. WB has clearly had, um, you know, it, it's done a couple of things that have been kind of fun, but overall, it feels like they they haven't gotten somebody in there that just really understands and appreciates the feel for what I, I guess the fans do, right? Yeah, and you know, again, I it kind of goes back to what we said in that 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 episode last week that they need a Kevin Feige type. Like I think WB could do it if they were willing to bring in a guy or a person, a person doesn't need to be a male person, but bring in a person that can oversee it and really has a vision to cast. And it doesn't have to be, you know, this super uh, winding convoluted universe, the way Marvel has, they could do their own thing. But sure, I mean, Legendary Pictures is I'm trying to think who's I should look this up. Who like what are some what are some good movies from Legendary Pictures? Is that who Christopher uh, Nolan think... used? What's that? Was that who Christopher Nolan used? Oh, great question. I can't remember. You have to. You're our our looker upper guy. Yeah. I'm looking. Legendary pictures, films produced. Oh, we've got the God, the recent Godzilla stuff. Okay. We've got uh, so I've like Kong, it. Skull Island, Dune, Pacific Rim. Oh, here's Dark Knight. Okay, so yeah, Legendary Batman pictures begins. Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, the Christopher Nolan trilogy was Legendary Pictures. Yeah, it's, it's so really good point then by by David. Um, but apparently, so was Man of Steel. So. I enjoyed Man of Steel. I didn't think Man of Steel was bad. Yeah. I mean, John Wick, we, we talked John Wick is legendary pictures. Um, epic. Yeah. But, you know, and so 300, we... there's a movie from a comic book that was, I mean, it's super graphic and, and whatever, but it, it, man, does that movie look like the graphic novel? Yeah. That was, that was absolutely one of the, one of those that just, leapt off the pages of the graphic novel and again that was created by Zack Snyder and it was yeah. Frank Miller and you know those two together just seem like Zack Snyder seems to understand Frank Miller and and how to bring that to the screen right so I you know that makes sense but the the Nolan trilogy of the Dark Knight right that that was really well done so we'll we'll see what happens but you know yeah. great point by great point by David thanks for Thanks for that. That was a, a good comment. And if yep. you have comments, again, leave them, leave them for us and we'll take a look at them. Yeah. Uh, of course, we always ask, right, that there's a certain level of uh, respect within those comments. You know, if you're disrespectful in the comments, guys, we are going to end up like giving you the boot because we just don't need that. Right. So far, we haven't had to do that, but let's we want to yeah. keep it that way. Yeah, we'd like to keep it that way. Because our understanding of geek culture in, in general and certainly comic books in particular are that you know it's a place where everybody can can find themselves. Yep. A, Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, John, what are we talking about today? 
Today, we are ranking Star Wars movies. We've talked about comic books for so much, you know, Marvel, DC, everything else. But, you know, Star Wars, I, I think especially, well, for me and, and I think most people our age, most geeks our age, like have a special place in their heart. Like We were young when the first original round of Star Wars came out. Then there was another generation that got introduced and now another generation. It's just so iconic and so epic and such a big part of life for some of us. I mean, yeah. for myself, <clears throat> it was one of the, it's some of the best memories I have from my childhood going with my dad to see all three of the originals when they were released in the movie theaters, like 1977, yep. you know, it was, was it 1980 ish? 1980. Yeah. 1980. Right. For empire. And then, yep. you know, Jedi after that. And I remember very clearly as crazy as it sounds like I can remember sitting in a movie theater in Oregon with my dad and my aunt and people smoked in the movie theater. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. That's crazy to think about. Right. I remember looking up and those credits hit and the, the music hit yeah. and there was a spaceship and my eyes had to have been twice the size of my head. Right. Right. You know, just that epic moment of like, what is happening? This is people go to space. Because <laughs> right? at that age, you're like, people go to space. That's, yeah. You know. I, uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, in 77, I was like five or six years old or whatever. And, uh, uh, just loved, loved, loved the first star Wars movie, which back in the time we call just called star Wars. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and then I remember later that year, uh, visiting some family and we went to a, a drive-in theater, double feature. We saw star Wars again with Logan's run. <laughs> that for a throwback there you go that's a that's a <laughs> that's a good one yeah um, but yeah and then you know very quickly got some of the action figures with the little plastic cape thing and the and the and the uh lightsaber slide, that out, lightsaber. slide out yeah 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 that was uh yeah you know and you had the x-wing toys and oh, the falcon toys and speeders and and everything and man that was that was the thing and it was the thing for years like right. years like it just it kept going um and then empire came in and just introduced a whole new like whole new set and then jedi showed up and then introduced another whole new set and those movies carried us forever until you know george lucas came back around and said those were the last three chapters of a of a story i'm going to tell the first three and then he did that yeah right and then we got another chapter and and some standalone movies so uh i think it's time we we rank these it is um, yeah we haven't had a new star wars product to uh to to react to yet not so, in the movie theaters not in the movie theaters yeah we'll uh we are watching Boba Fett. We'll we'll react to that when it's finished. We like to do that for the TV series to wait till they're they've completed the the season before we have a have a reaction um, right podcast. And we'll do that. That's coming up. Yeah, and but, and Mandalorian's not in here. We didn't include some of the like the old like holiday specials or 
the the cartoons or anything like that we're we're just this is solely the films that have been released in the theater so yeah. Uh, in case you're like, well, where is this one? Sorry, guys. It, like, this is just what we're doing. Otherwise, we probably, this would be like a three-hour episode. <laughs> a three-hour tour. Um, if you're our age, that yes. landed well. If yes. you're not our age and you're like, what in the world was that reference? It's okay. talking about, right. So, and we are going to go from uh, from what we feel is kind of worst to first. Yep. And Dave, Dave's rankings, I think it's important everybody knows, your rankings, Dave, are could very well be different from mine. We didn't discuss these beforehand. I hope so. It'd be boring if we have them completely the same. But I guess Although we'll find if we, out. If we have them completely the same. It, that means that we're clearly right. <laughs> we're clearly right. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, why don't you kick us off? Your least favorite Star Wars movie. Sure. So, uh, by my count, and I am bad at math, but by my count, we have 11 movies to rank here. The, uh, the three trilogies plus the two standalone movies. And in 11th, uh, I have, I've, got, I've got Phantom Menace 11th. So far, we're one for one on being the same. I okay. have Phantom Menace at, at 11 as well. But why do you have it at 11? Like, so in its favor, I mean, Darth Maul is such a badass, cool-looking character Mm-hmm. It was so different with the the uh, the double lightsaber uh, kind of bow staff style fighting yep. that he had. That was so much fun, and I liked that a lot. And you know, you gotta like Qui Gon Jinn just being like, whatever stuffy old council dudes. Like I'm gonna do what I want. Mm-hmm. But you know, did Barth Maul last half the movie? I'm yeah, not sure. The, the like, second half of the movie. I guess so. But still, you know, like to, to have to introduce such a great character and then kill him off right away. I know he shows up not dead in one of some of the later. Right. Yeah. But that's, uh, that's, but, that's, but we're just, not, we're not right. Out. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of disappointing. And then all the weird stuff about the midichlorians or whatever, like just, just no. Just yeah. don't. Yeah, I, I that's where some things kind of fell apart for me was the the midichlorians. And granted, so it's important, I think, to, to kind of put this into context, like that was the first chapter of the story. Yeah, we went through, you know, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, getting an idea of where Jedi's got their powers and what that all looked like before what would have normally been an introduction to the concept of midichlorians. However, that being said, it felt like maybe there should have been a review of that initial that initial chapter to see if it held up in terms of kind of where the the original three movies t- took everybody. Um, I had issues with the midichlorian thing and the idea of the of of Anakin being born from essentially like the Force yeah right so you're kind of like the immaculate conception kid for the jedi and right which wasn't a big fan of um i I felt the same about darth maul he's great character and like the introduction there were some other pieces that didn't quite jive for me but i do want to say one of the things that we saw what i felt like was the very first time in a star wars movie was some epic lightsaber battles mm, yes um, true. you know in the in the 
first three movies, they were they always felt a little stiff. Yeah. Right. And, and sure. I think it was probably had more to do with um, the ability of special effects to keep up with like swings and movements and those kinds of things. Not the not that they didn't have good fight choreography back then. Right. Right. Yeah. But in this one. And of course, like, Sir Alec Guinness would have been like 75 years old or whatever. <laughs> who cares, man? He's Obi-Wan. Right. Uh, no. But, but that might limit what you can do in a fight scene. <laughs> yes. But the moment, so Darth Maul kills Qui-Gon. And then the moment that those uh, racial doors open and it's Obi-Wan and Darth Maul going at it, that was the most amazing lightsaber battle like I had ever seen. That we had seen to that point. Yeah, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was well choreographed. It was pretty fantastic. We got to see just kind of the Jedi that, that Obi-Wan really was, um, which was fantastic. So I, I enjoyed that. Um, the kid that played little Anakin Skywalker was a, a little, little, a little stiff, whiny, but a little annoying, but he wasn't as annoying as Jar Jar Binks. Well, <laughs> you know, and uh and jar jar binks even george lucas stated that jar jar binks was an attempt to appeal to children yeah i i get it but guess what like you didn't have really anything like that in the originals and and just the <laughs> pure spectacle of the movie i mean you had r2d2 and you had c3po but they they weren't as over the top like ridiculous as jar jar binks was um so that that was another yeah. issue. I, I, I have a different thought about that particular thing, but I'm going to save it for a later movie. All right, cool. So Can I just say this is a super deep cut, but like going from like trying to retcon in the midichlorians reminded me of, and I know this is like four people out there are going to know what I'm talking about here, but uh, the movie Highlander. Oh yeah. It was so yeah. much fun. And then Highlander two. And I remember being so excited for when Highlander two was coming out. Uh, and then it was very much like that where all of a sudden, instead of being these immortals, Oh no, they're, they're, they're like from space or something. They're from some other <laughs> planet or something. And it was just so terrible and just such an awful like story thing. And everything about yeah. that movie was terrible, but, but, but that's what it reminded me of like, Oh, yeah. all of a sudden, it's this midichlorian thing and we're going to read. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. All right. All right. Next on the list. Dave, yeah. What do you got for 10, John? I have attack of the clones for the next one. Okay. We're two for two. All right. <laughs> so I'll, I'll kick this one off. Yeah. Attack of the clones. We were introduced. So there are a couple weird, like vibey things for me in attack of the clones. Anakin and Padme's relationship was weird. First of all, I'd like to point out Anakin grew exponentially. <laughs> Padme was the exact same age. Yeah. I mean, you know, as parents, you know that that kind of sort of happens that kids sort of seem to grow up overnight. But this was really like... It was literally like nobody yeah. else got older. Right, right, right. Yeah. But Anakin got older. Yeah. And Padme was suddenly like, I mean, I know I'm 10 years older than you probably, but 
<laughs> and I remember the last time I saw you, you were a small You're, child. Right. But, right. Yeah. Okay. Let's have a relationship. That's yeah. Cool. Like it was just, it was kind of, it was, it forced, it felt forced. And so forced. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And famously, there's just no chemistry on screen between the two of them. <laughs> no, no. It was, and, and, and I say this about this movie often, specifically uh, around, um, Hayden Christensen's portrayal of, of Anakin in this in this film is that oh, it looks like the whining gene is passed down from Skywalker to Skywalker as well. <laughs> right, right. Because right? there was there were some moments in the original like the original iconic first movie where yeah. you know Mark Hamill is like like yeah. i don't want to go out with my friends yeah murders right. and like right, right. just like dude you're whining and then we get the exact same thing from hayden christensen you're like oh not only do your force powers uh pass down but so does whining at an epic level <laughs> okay i don't actually believe this but you know maybe in the writer's room they felt like they had to make him whiny to, to in order to you know that's the like <laughs> that's the to jedi mind where, trick to make like, you oh, aware okay. yeah right 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 yeah no uh, i don't buy that at all <laughs> I, I don't i don't buy it at all either and um I, but you know it, it, it was an interesting introduction to um the beginning of a very iconic character in terms of boba fett mm -hmm. yes right um we got and our, the water planet whatever it's called was pretty cool looking that was amazing we finally got to learn like about the clones and yeah. you know their production how they all came from this one individual uh, we got to see more from uh obi-wan kenobi which was great uh, for sure yeah and to see him fighting we also got to see uh yoda in action yes. with a lightsaber for the right. first time right I will say I went and saw that movie with friends. And when that happened, it, it redeemed a lot of the movie for us. We were like that. I think that's the conversation that happened for the next 15 minutes after the movie ended was Yoda was a badass. Yeah. 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 Um, so super cool. I can't remember the, the actor's name who plays Count Dooku. Um, there I will say also from the from Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones that that it was Lee? great. Is that Crown Dooku Christopher Lee? I think so. I'm looking. Christopher something. Uh, but it was really cool. One of the things I will say that was amazing was they they brought back the actor who played, and I can't remember his name. Yeah, who, Christopher Lee was Count Dooku. Okay. Uh, who played the Emperor. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and and gave him his role in the um, in starting in Phantom Menace, and we yeah. got to see like, and it was really hard not to just place that with. We all knew where he was headed if you'd right. watched the original three, right? And so you're screaming at the the screen almost, going, "How do you not know that guy is evil?" Right? Don't trust he that guy. Sounds evil. Stop giving him power. Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't give him power. Ian McDiarmid. Yeah. He's phenomenal as the Emperor and yeah. as Senator Palpatine. And and so that was good. Um we got to see, you know, some worlds that we'd never seen before. Right. But overall, I mean, it just 
the love stuff between Anakin and Padme felt forced, hard to swallow, so much un unrealistic. It just it landed flat. So yeah, for sure. Yes. All right, Dave. Okay. Next on your list. All right. Next ninth, I have uh, continuing the theme here in the nine in the nine spot. I've got Revenge of the Sith. Ooh, we have a very different view of that movie. In the in the ninth spot, I have Solo. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Han Solo standalone movie. Okay. Um, so tell me about your your revenge of the Sith. So uh, maybe maybe part of my disappointment in that movie is too high ex- expectations that I really you know, the, the appeal of that movie was going to be, oh, we finally get to see Anakin's true turn to the dark side. Mm-hmm. And we did get that some, I mean, obviously with him, I mean, spoiler alert for a 20 year old movie or whatever, like right, <laughs> yeah. watching him kill, kill all the younglings was yeah. super, super dark. Super dark. But then the fight between him and Obi-Wan, it's, oh, see, I don't, I loved that. I thought it was okay, but the whole like, I've got the higher ground and so I, good. I don't know. It just, it just seemed hokey to me. Oh, so good. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. And when we get, to, when we get to where I have it on the list, I'll, I'll talk about why I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. And it hasn't really stayed with me. Like other than the fight scene on the on Mustafar, the lava planet. Right. Yeah. I, I don't really remember a lot about that movie. Like it just mm. hasn't, it just didn't have the, staying power fair that's fair yeah yeah um fair i thought i guess i thought i guess ultimately i thought i was going to get a better understanding of the story like what what makes him flip like it it just seems sort of trivial what made him Mm, okay flip over interesting yeah um and again the the relationship with him and padme still was super wooden and weird and oh but now they're secretly married okay great but (laughs) it's and and my goodness, you know what's it? Uh, Natalie Portman is a terrific actor. Yeah, just phenomenal. That just that whole combination just didn't work for me. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about what I liked about it when it gets we get to it on my list. Yeah. So solo for me. Uh huh. While I I liked the movie, right? I and I did enjoy it to an extent. It it's like one of those rare star Wars movies. That's a one and done. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? And, and the, I think the other thing was Hansel, such an iconic character. Yeah. You know, so iconic. And I think I went into it and and I think this is a, a fair statement for me that I went into it with much higher expectations because of of the love for that character overall and there were some great actors in that movie like Mm -hmm. absolutely amazing actors you know and some really fun stuff that you know we got to see like the how did han and chewie become pals and right and everything else and the actor who played han solo and i I can't remember his name i got it it's alden ehrenreich okay I could be saying that wrong, but he's not, he's not bad, but he, he never really felt like other people in the, 
in the movie felt like their characters. Was it was it Donald Glover? Yes. Who who plays um, Lando, Lando Calrissian? Yep. Right. He was epic as Lando Calrissian. I mean, yeah. you really saw him as the young Lando Calrissian. There was like no question in my mind about that. Agreed. Yeah. But young Han Solo. He, he was missing some of his swagger. Hmm. So interestingly, so I have solo next. I have solo at eight. Okay. Well, let's, let's move so, on to eight then. And yeah. You can tell me so, your... well, so yeah, I'll just say that um, I think it sounds like I liked solo a little more than you did. Mm. Um, I, I kind of felt like young Han Solo found his swagger. I mean, he had it a little bit in the early scenes with the, whatever the little like band of orphans mm, yeah. thing yep. going on there at the beginning. Um, I felt like he kind of found his swag. He had some then and kind of found it as he went along. Um, I loved the thing with him and Chewie getting together. I thought that was really great and well done. Um, probably underused uh, uh, Thandie Newton a little bit in her, mm-hmm. in her role there. Yeah. Um, but I liked the setup there, like with the crew and, you know, that Hansel has always been a little bit, or he's always been presented as kind of a risky character, like sort of, you know, he, he finds his hero, he finds the hero within, as it were, you know, in the right moments, but especially in New Hope, he's, he's kind of presented as a, he's a guy on the, on the edge a little bit. And, mm-hmm. you know, I felt like it, it kind of gave us that. I thought, I thought overall it was a pretty decent, origin story movie for han solo that you kind of got all the things you wanted like how did them how did he get the millennium falcon how did he meet chewy how did he like come right. to yeah. have the attitude that he did um you know it's a little tough that well he seems to have the love of his life here and then later leia becomes love of her of his life and what happened to his relationship yeah, yeah. with uh amelia clark's character what was her name kira or whatever so mm-hmm. i you know it wasn't a for sure was not a perfect movie for me this is a this is kind of a the first three that we that i ranked so the the trilogy one two three were they're down there because they're disappointing for me solo's eighth because just be not because i disliked it but because it's just i like the all the rest of the movies that are left more sure yeah and, and honestly, where Solo is on my list, I mean, we talked about this. There's only 11 movies. I mean, only. That's a lot of movies. But it gets tough kind of yeah. in the middle because you're like, I liked this one more because of this and this one less because of this. Yeah. I, and like I said, I didn't dislike Solo, right? It, there were some things that I wanted to see that I didn't get to see as a fan. So, And I had yeah. higher expectations for it going in. And That's, I think as a fan, anytime you place high expectations on something and get excited about it, you run that risk of a good movie not looking as good because you set the bar really high beforehand, right? And I, and for me, I think that's kind of what happened with Solo and, you know, I nitpick it a little bit as a result, Um, but I'll go back and watch it again, you know? And, and I also think, I think it was the first movie I saw that I went, if they're going to start doing tv series about characters th- it would have been cooler to see this as like a series yeah, that that's a we could have like broken into more and more and more like so for me i think that standalone would have 
really done better as a stand uh, as a series on Disney Plus. Yeah, that's a great point. I think too, it suffered a little bit from when it was released. That uh, I I don't have the exact dates in front of me, but my memory is we got Force Awakens in in December of whichever year, and then like the next December we got something else, maybe Rogue One. And then like, like it was a December, like right, we're doing yeah, December yeah. things. We got, we got a whole series of movies prior to that, that and really. With a year between them. And then all of a sudden Solo came out in like May or June or whatever, like early of the, like early summer of that next year. So instead of getting a full year between. We only um, had a few months. Star Wars years. Yeah, we only had a few months. And I think that kind of, you know, it, it sounds weird, but you weren't as hungry for a new Star Wars movie. Sure. Four or five months, five, six months after than you would be if it was 12 or more months later. Yeah. Agreed. Um, well, it, so, so what do my you, next one on the list. Yeah. What do you have for eight? Right. Is I had uh, the rise of Skywalker. Okay. This falls into the, again, this starts to get into that part of the list of like, I still like the movie, but it didn't like it, it missed or wasn't as good as others, you know, in that way, you know, as some of the other ones were. Um, so Rise of Skywalker hits well for me, kind of in the, I like the redemption arc aspect of Kylo Ren. Um, I really liked Adam Driver through the entire series. Yes. Uh, Adam Driver through the entire series was, was great. Um, his angry lashing out his you know you could see the pain and the conflict that existed within him you know throughout all the movies this one was just the completion of a redemption arc that i really enjoyed um you know we got to see harrison ford's like ghost come back in that moment of forgiveness Mm -hmm. you know with his son and the passing of leia which you know, they had to figure out how to do because we lost Carrie Fisher. Right. Um, but there were some missteps in this one for me as well. Um, there were some rushed and incomplete storylines that existed kind of throughout the movie, which was unfortunate. Um, but overall, like if we're looking at trilogy movies, mm-hmm. right, this one wasn't bad. It had some great moments, it, but it also definitely felt like there were, it was rushed a little in spots. Yeah. So once again, interestingly, I, I have Rise of Skywalker next at seven. Okay, great. So yeah, um, same. Uh, I, remember, I remember my initial reaction after seeing it was, well, it kind of hit all the points. It, you know, it, 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 and by which I think it meant, you know, it sort of wrapped up all the stories in a way, but, but actually it still kind of left some stuff on unresolved and maybe it was a little too neat in the wrap up and just, and sure. again, it's sort of the kind of a reach. Oh, guess what? Turns out emperor really is still alive all these years later. And, and that was weird. And the whole thing about, I mean, we'll get to where, last jedi is for me but one of the things i loved about that movie was it introduced the idea that you didn't have to be one of the like royal families to have 
access right. to force. And then it was right back to, oh, no, really? I don't even remember. Like, however they explain Daisy, like, oh, it really turns out you really are. She's like the granddaughter of the emperor. Right. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. She's the granddaughter of the emperor. So yeah. she's a Palpatine. Yeah. So I didn't like, I just, I didn't like that as well. Yeah. I didn't like that idea as, as what her story was. Because it felt like there had such potential for where her story could go and what it could mean for the Star Wars universe. And it felt like in that, in Rise of Skywalker, they kind of all brought that crashing back down. Yeah. And they, you know, in, in Rise of Skywalker too, they had set up some characters from Last Jedi to appear to have deeper roles and a deeper meaning within, you know, within the series. And then yeah. they just, they didn't, you never really saw much out of them. So, and I feel like that could have been due to the, different directors and different visions yeah. from the different directors. But at the same time, you know, in all fairness, like if you go back and look at the original trilogy, you had different directors through those movies, but it was, the script was done by the same people. Now I don't know that the script was done by the same people. You know what I mean? And sure. so I think yeah. there was an adherence to the script in the original trilogy that it felt like maybe we we didn't get in this one um so for me it's funny next on my list is actually last jedi okay so and last jedi falls almost squarely in the middle of the pack for me um loved seeing like you know luke skywalker again we got that that payoff which was cool and yeah. him projecting himself all the way across the galaxy epic i was a little bummed out that like he just passed away at the end of the movie like mm -hmm. and and but you know it is what it is yeah but overall and i know there are a lot of people who didn't like this movie like a, a considerable number of people and, but obviously the studios did enough because they told Rian johnson like he was going to get his own trilogy and from what i understand that's still very much alive and i think he deserves it, it it's a good movie it, you know if you pull it out and stand it on its own it's a good movie yes right if you're totally if you're weighing it against the weight of everything else in in the star wars theatrical universe it, it's middle of the pack but it's still it's middle of the pack in an epic series of films yeah <laughs> like, you well, know and it's it's not just middle of the pack for me so i'll uh, i'll hold All off right. on more cool. um it oh. is not my next movie. Let's say that. All right. So, so we, we've gone through one, two, three, four, five. I think so. So that was, should have been your seventh movie. Is that right? Or six? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, seven. So number six on the Okay. List. So number six for me is Force Awakens. Oh, okay. Um, and I would say a lot of what you just said about Last Jedi is what I feel about Force Awakens. It was... You know, it was so cool to come back to this universe mm -hmm. to, come, to get to, you know, after all those years and as a as kind of a redemption movie from the pretty universally panned episodes one, two and three mm -hmm. to have it come back and be fun and be good. And, you know, and of course, we get to to see the the old trio of Han, Luke and Leia again. And that was that was really cool. Um, and then introduced some new characters. And I liked all of that. Like it was, you know, it was pretty, it was certainly entertaining. Um, watching Han die 
was oh. gut-wrenching. So rough. Yeah. Especially at the hand of his own son. Yes. Yeah. When he's trying to, and, like, bring him home. Yeah. And then he hint, you know, and the, hinted at the the involvement of Luke in, in his, in the um, Kylo Ren storyline, right? And just how that, those two families just can't, are just continually inter intertwined and how the idea of, you know, fathers and sons have issues uh -huh. and like, that's a whole thing. And so it was, so I feel like I liked that movie. It just, again, trying to rank all these in the, in the of a 11 movie set, something's got to be number six. And so that's how force awakens ends up number sure. six for me. Okay. But I didn't, I certainly didn't dislike it. It's, it's entertaining. It's good. I would, I, you know, if it, I don't know that I've sought it out to sit down and watch it again, but you know, if I had a TV on, it came on, I'd probably watch it for a little while. Like it's okay. cool. It's pretty entertaining. Uh, this one may actually get things thrown at me by fans. I put return of the Jedi here in okay. number six. Okay. And uh, I think Return of the Jedi ends up here in number six for me because out of the original trilogy, I feel like this one stands up the least over time. And there's, while we, you know, we get to see some really cool things like Han gets rescued by Leia out of Jabba's palace. We yeah. get introduced to Jabba the Hutt right. and the Sarlacc pit. And we see, you know, Boba Fett end up in the pit. We also got introduced to Ewoks. Yes. And that's where I'm going back to your statement earlier about the uh, not doing something just for the kids. Yeah. And that was done that strictly was, for the kids. The Ewoks. That was just for the kids. Yeah. It, it was originally, if you go back and you, you hear anything about like what was originally supposed to happen there, it was supposed to be, uh, I can't pronounce the name of the Wookiee planet, but it was supposed to be Wookiees. Right. Right. Which... Yeah makes way more sense way more taking sense. out stormtroopers and would have been a whole bunch of teddy bears cool <laughs> right yeah, right would have been yeah. so good yeah would have been so good but instead we, we get, get like bears. a handful of rebels and a bunch of teddy bears running around with rocks on sticks yeah no higher than the knee of yeah. armored stormtroopers getting taken out by yeah. Ewoks. Yeah. What does Stormtrooper armor protect you from? <laughs> the same thing a Dune shield protects you from, apparently. Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well played, sir. How's it going? Yeah. Um, but that was that, and that was such a big issue for me. And it was, and it's so distracting. Yeah. 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 Now I will say, okay, this came out in 1983. So 11 or 12 year old me. Loved the Ewoks. 11, 12-year-old me did not love the okay. Ewoks. Okay. I it just hasn't stood up. I agree with your, your earlier statement. It just has not stood up. Of the, of the original trilogy, this one has stood up the least well. Yes. And it, yeah, and it was that, the fact that that essentially takes up such a large segment yeah. of the movie. Right. Right. Like it's not a small piece of it. It's this massive long segment of the movie. Yeah. And you're like, there's so much more important stuff happening out there. Like we just found out there's a new Death Star. Yeah. Right. right? The rebels are going to go and attack it. There's all this stuff going on. Vader, like we got introduced to, uh, I, I mean, there's just so much that happened. 
and well, we got and introduced it, to to full Jedi Luke in this movie. We got introduced to full Jedi Luke, who you know seems at the beginning of the movie to to be total badass, right? Yeah, and then kind of like ends up a little bit relegated, like yeah. How he's literally on the sidelines watching his friends battle. Yeah, and and to go back to and I'm really hammering this home. He waits to use his force powers until after he and his friends are strapped to spits roasting over fires to be eaten by Ewoks. And everybody just glossed over the fact that the Ewoks are going to eat people. Right. <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It, it really threw the movie and, and has caused it to not hold up. But if you take that segment out, and you look at like the beginning on Tatooine and you look at the end with Luke and Vader and the emperor and all of that that's going on, you know, it, it's, it deserves to be, it, it's middle of the pack for me, yeah. but it's, it's got some epic moments. Right. Yeah. So. so once again, it's next for me, I've got it at five. Okay. Who do you have at six? Six was force awakens for me. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. So now we're on to now we're on to five. Where yeah, you so just my said, five. So let's you know maybe well when we, before we get to three, let's recap where we're okay. at. So yeah, Return of the Jedi was five for me. So your five is uh, my five is Force Awakens. Okay. Yeah, Force Awakens for me was a a really happy return to the universe, done in a way that I felt the uh, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones missed completely yeah and, and just we're totally off the mark and we got to see a new potential force wielder we got to see han solo again we got the introduction of a new hotshot pilot and and really like he was great you know the defection of um a stormtrooper into the new kind of rebel alliance yeah and they true. set every right they set everything yeah. up for me they set everything up really well and i enjoyed what they did yeah right Man, talking about it, I think I might have gotten mine wrong. Like, I think I think Return of the Jedi was higher than Force Awakens for me just because uh, nostalgia. Nostalgia, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you want to flip them? I kind of do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you're allowed. It's our podcast. We can do whatever that's, we want. That's true. Yeah, I, that's a really good point. Like, Force Awakens is a objectively better movie than yeah. than Return of the Jedi. So now we're into our top four, Dave. Correct. Yes. Who do you have at number four? At number four. I have Rogue One. Oh, okay. So explain Rogue One at number four. So for me, once again, so these top four are all really good. Mm -hmm. um, Rogue One, uh, obviously a very different feel than any other Star Wars movie, much grittier. Uh, it's much more of a war story. Um, Dear Lord, everybody dies at the end, which is a bold, bold choice. Mm -hmm. And I commend them for it. Um, Jin Esso is a, is a great character. The, you know, I'm on the force and the force is with me. Like that's, that yes, part stays so with. Good, so good. And of course, as we've talked about on this podcast multiple times, the end where Darth, we finally get to see truly truly terrifying darth vader mm -hmm. with the lightsaber even for just 30 seconds or a minute whatever it is 
like to have that on screen is yeah. fabulous. Yeah. Fabulous. It's so it's uh, again, uh, I, there's not much that I have to say that's bad about this movie. Um, other than maybe the, the villain. Oh, that actor is like in everything. Um, he is. He was in uh, uh, Captain Marvel as the squirrel. Right, 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 right. Yes, exactly. Kind of a weak villain. Like I, he doesn't really, he didn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, but um, Ben Mendelsohn, I think is his name. Yeah, yeah, Ben Mendelsohn. Um, this, Good actor, he just, though. he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't scary enough. He wasn't menacing enough. He didn't really, you know, he didn't kind of live up to the rest of the cast, but that's a minor, minor quip. I really, really like this movie. It's just something of these last four has to be fourth. And so that's where, that's where road one lands for me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, this is where our departure catches up. Okay. I have revenge of the Sith at number four. Okay. Yeah. And for me, wow. it's okay. Everything you didn't like about it was what I enjoyed about it. I thought the turn of Anakin to Darth Vader, I actually made a lot of sense. He had this very, uh, obsessive compulsive, like not obsessive compulsive obsessive love for Padme yeah. that was easily manipulated by you know Emperor Palpatine okay like super easy to manipulate yeah. we saw the level of depth that you know right out of the gate with Anakin beheading Count Dooku um we saw you know a a really strong, we continued to see just how strong Obi-Wan was with defeating Grievous and taking Grievous out. And he has the great line because he kills Grievous with the blaster, pulls himself up, tosses off the side and you hear the, how uncivilized. And then like <laughs> goes off. We see the execution yeah. of Order 66. That part was really cool. All the yeah. die. Right, right. Yeah. And then, you know, we get to see Obi-Wan and Anakin like square off and, and you know to to me Anakin's turn was a, a big payoff he went <laughs> after all the younglings in the temple and seeing Obi-Wan find out that Anakin killed all the younglings and led the troopers into the Jedi temple and then went to Mustafar and took out all of the separatist alliance and just how off the rails dark he went yeah. with even the statement, you know, my galactic empire, mm. right? Already thinking he's going to be the one, his, right? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, for me, it was a very satisfying film to see how Darth Vader came to be and was a really nice payoff for a couple movies that I was underwhelmed by. And also for me really started to raise the question of when we think about, you know, the, the best Jedi's that, you know, there's a list, you can find them everywhere of who the most powerful, the strongest Jedi's ever have been. And of course, everybody's like Vader and everything else. But when you look at it, Obi-Wan Kenobi, has faced down the big bads and won on multiple occasions. Mm. He faced down 
uh, Darth Maul and took Darth Maul out. He yeah. faced down General Grievous and took down General Grievous. He faced down Anakin and took down Anakin. Mm-hmm. He faced down Anakin as Vader and sacrificed himself. himself. Right. Not not that he lost. He sacrificed himself, which raises the question. And I hope it gets explored like through this new series that we're going to get with Ewan McGregor, who I thought was phenomenal as Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, especially, you know, in, in Revenge of the Sith. Like, how great was Obi-Wan? Yeah. So for me, I, I thought Revenge of the Sith was a, a really nice payoff to a trilogy that the first two movies like bombed for me. Um, and I can still watch it today and it still holds up. Okay. Yeah. There. Um, all, right. all right. We're into let's, our... Uh, let's, uh, let's recap how we got to top three. All right. All right. For me... Uh, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Solo, Rise of Skywalker, Make an Amendment to go, Return of the Jedi 6, Force Awakens 5, Rogue One 4. All right. And for me, I had Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Solo, Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, Return of the Jedi, Force Awakens, and Revenge of the Sith uh, comes in at four. So we're in our top three, Dave. Yeah. Who do you have in number three? Number three, I have the original Star Wars, now known as A New Hope. Same. Yep. Right, right there with you. Uh, it, it's obviously it started the whole thing. So there's some nostalgia points for that. Again, I was five in the summer of 1977 when it would have come mm-hmm. out. Uh, five and a half, whatever. But I loved the movie from the, as you said, from the opening sound of that sound the the uh the score yeah. the ship coming over top like the humongous ship chasing well no first it's the little one and then the humongous ship chasing yeah. after the teeny tiny ship like the way that ship the destroyer took the entire screen like from the moment i was just just yeah. captivated and it's a fun story and you know people finding their way and and uh and you know the rescue mission where where the literal princess in distress turns out to be the strongest one of the three of them and is going to rescue herself and like that's so great the the trash compactor i mean that yeah, scene trash is so compactor. fun right like i mean how many times am i still find myself saying something where can he be like, just, <laughs> yes oh my god they're dying i yeah. picked them <laughs> right and, and yeah. so like and i think you know if we were talking about like those moments in the movie that just kind of wowed everything when han solo came back in and took out the the tie fighters chasing luke right and that i can still see it even even now just see the big light that you know kind of shows up on screen and then it turns out that's the millennium falcon like rocketing yeah. in and right. you know like just so cool right such a great movie it was groundbreaking on so many levels like from special effects to you just you know everywhere you went and no matter how many times i watch it it just gets better yeah well i don't know if it just gets better but it's still it's still enjoyable and well and i'm just thinking you know it wasn't afraid to to be a little edgy too like all of a sudden luke's Luke's aunt and uncle are dead. 
Yeah. Maybe he comes back and they're dead. Burnt skeletons burnt, on the ground. Yeah, right. Burnt, burnt Although bodies it on the ground. did give us the biggest lie ever said in a Star Wars movie. Okay. These blaster marks are too precise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stormtroopers can't hit anything. Yeah, we learned yeah. that as time went on. But yeah. you know, maybe, it's okay. Maybe the next batch of clones, they uh they didn't they 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 lost the marksman. Remember though, those guys aren't clones at that point. Yeah, they started recruiting from the galaxy. Um, okay, so no so, hope. Yeah, both of us. So good, right? Number three, number um, two, Dave. All right, number two for me. This is where we're going to be different. Number number two for me is Last Jedi. Okay. That I I loved every moment of this movie. Like I mm. the the humor at the beginning when Poe like like prank calls the the dude. Oh, that was such a good scene. It's so funny. Such a good scene. Um, I love that they weren't afraid to go off script a little bit. Like you know, you expect in the middle of in the middle of the movie where. Well, and the heroes are flawed. So Finn is going to leave, right? He's mm. he's bailing and and Rose finds him and and his her devotion to him or her her the way she looks up to him kind of changes him from just bailing mm. to be like all right, I got to do this other mission and they end up on the on the mission to the whatever the gambling planet. Yeah. Yeah. And just when you think, you know, they've got this convoluted thing that they've got to do, like, oh, we've got to find the one guy because he's the one code breaker and blah, blah, blah. Like, it sounds like, oh, here's the little side mission that's going to save the bigger mission. But that didn't pay off. Like, it was, you know, it had a, it had an unexpected, unexpected end. Yeah. You know, that, like, they failed in that part. They couldn't bring that, they couldn't bring him together. No, instead so, they got Benicio Del Toro's right, character. Who... Right. Now, his, his character was a little... He kind of seemed to be in some other movie. I'm not really sure. But you know, I actually, I actually liked him in that in that role. I, I thought he was one of the spots that I really enjoyed, and that was because he gave them hard lessons. Mm, okay, about reality, right? And, yeah. and he spit out a truth that was very like kind of ground, like that that shook Finn's world when they realized they had taken an arms dealer ship and they started pulling any. Benicio del Toro's character pulls up things and it's first it shows like all the first order starships oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it like, shows all yeah. the stuff for the resistance and he goes you know this is how it is yeah who do you think supplying your arms like yeah nobody's innocent yeah, we're all nobody's we're, innocent like, there's no such thing as <laughs> you know and this is true today there's no such thing as truly conscientious consumer like those of right. us that, that we're, we're caught in a consumer's culture and there's there's no innocent pure way to do that that yeah. we're, we're all we're all we're all compromised yeah so yeah that's a great point like i'd kind of forgotten about that part that that's that was that's really great it's a, a great moment um what else so much to like about that movie well then you know the whole scene on the on the weird island with with luke and the training of of ray was enjoyable and the the stuff with the puffin. books like what about the books <laughs> You never read them anyway, right? Like Chewy like had roasted one of the little bird yeah, creatures, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all right. the little birds were staring at him. And he's like, right, you know, gets rid of it. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, um, and I know one of the complaints was, oh my gosh, all of a sudden Leia has the has the ability to pull herself a little bit with the Force, which 
my response to that has always been from the moment was it's 30 years later. She's a Skywalker. <laughs> of course she's developed some powers. How, if she hasn't, what's wrong with her? Like it, to me, it, it always made sense to say, yes, she's had years, decades to, to develop these abilities. And so, yeah, I buy that she's got powers. And at some point everybody displays a new power. Like I, you know, at some point, everybody's power is a new one. Well, and like, we've, we've talked about before in like the books, you know, there's, and in comic books, you see the Skywalker family exhibit insane levels of force wielding strength. So yeah. I fall in the same camp as you. I was like, yeah, that doc, I'm good with that. Right. Like you're telling me it's, it's okay that we're all going to buy into the fact that Vader can pull starships out of the sky. And Luke supposedly is able to pull entire like star destroyers out of the sky, but Leia can't somehow like mythically move herself like, a little bit, move herself like that. Yeah. yeah. Sorry guys. Like you're, you're, you're off. Right. Um, and so yeah, just, I, I agree with yeah, you on that one. A couple of like the scene, the silent scene where Colonel or general or whatever, like, uh, defeats the the big destroyer by going to hyperspace like too close to it and like oh, taking yeah, out and it just cool. and everything just goes silent yeah that was a cool scene that was a really that, cool scene that's a great moment and i do really really love the end where the little boy the little like slave yeah. boy uses the force to pick up the pick up the broom mm. yeah like signifying that the force is a is actually a force in the universe that is open to anybody anywhere. You don't have to be right part of the big power structure, like I said before, royal family, in order to to use it. Like I, I love the egalitarian mo- move there of the force, and I really wish that whole thing had continued with. Uh, yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised it didn't. Um, so, so yeah, I really, I, I think, to me, of the. Well, there's only one movie left for me, but you know, of everything else, it's it, to me the um, Last Jedi is the pinnacle of the of mm. of everything past the uh, um, of all the new movies. It's the pinnacle, right? Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, um, that's fair. So this one, I, I'm gonna guess, is actually your number one, and I have it at number two, and uh, that's Empire Strikes Back. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And Empire Strikes Back, I think, you know, and we can talk about it. I'm, I'm, it's the only one still not mentioned by you on your list, right? Yeah. So Empire Strikes Back was the darkest of the originals, right? The most revealing, right? That's when we learned Darth Vader's Luke's dad. That's yes. when, you know, we learn all these things and all, and we see nobody, like the good guys don't win, right? At all. Like, they could not catch a break. You know, we get introduced to Lando Calrissian, phenomenally cool character played by Billy D. Williams. Um, you know, Cloud City yep. and Bespin. Yep. There's there's so many days that we get introduced to Yoda and the oh. amazing work done by Frank Oz and his team to bring Yoda to life. Met him um, in a swamp down in Dagobah. Yeah. <laughs> right. And a little weird Al for you folks, if you're done. It's so good. Um, And we get to see, you know, some cool moments like Luke's crashes into the swamp and doesn't, you know, doesn't think he can move something that big. And Yoda showed up and was like, "Mm, mm, yeah, and sets it down. And you're like, 
Well, that's kind of a big deal. Amazing. Right. And all the little, all, and the way Yoda's introduced is kind of a little imp. Right? Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, <clears throat> Mike, or help you, I will not. Yeah. Right? Like the whole, yeah, totally. Like just beating this, beating R2 with this, his, his, uh, his just stick. hit him with his cane his over cane. and over yeah, and yeah. over and over right. again. <laughs> So we learned that Ben Kenobi can still communicate with Luke after having passed away. Like he still can bring himself together from the force to have a conversation with Luke and to influence that conversation. Like it's just, and I'm sorry, the opening Hoth sequence. Oh, great. Pure snow planet. Uh-huh. Like all of a sudden, and and this was one of those things that, you know, you're so used to seeing like the good guys do well and come out on top and everything else. And here they are and they've hidden on this little ice planet. And then we get introduced to walkers. Yes. And they annihilate the rebels. Like they're unstoppable. I mean, we get Luke and his fly around tie right and if we didn't have that scene the walker Spider-Man wouldn't have been able to if if we didn't have that scene Spider-Man wouldn't have been able to reference it in the (laughs) remember that really old movie right and the guy the walker thingies right and you know the whole thing with Luke has been memed to death like but in the moment both the reveal that Darth Vader is his father no it's impossible and that you know that face and then like when he loses his hand but oh my god luke lost his hand darth vader cut his hand off yep that was insane we had not seen that in that sort of like you know good guy versus bad guy movie before that like that was you know if like my kids or my son who likes geek stuff he's 16 you know if he watches that it just doesn't have that same impact because he's seen so much other stuff. Right. Yeah. In 1980, time, in 1980, yeah. this movie hit hard. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Obviously it's sure. number one for me. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I, I think I've got it and last Jedi pretty darn close, but mm. I think because it went there first. Sure. Okay. Um, uh, Empire Strikes Back is the, has to have the top spot for me. So love Empire Strikes Back. Right? Yeah. yeah. As a result of like the the kind of what it gave us around Darth Vader, right? He froze Han in, in Carbonite. He cut yeah. Luke's hands off, yeah. you know? So you get the idea that he's probably a bad guy and he gets yeah. redeemed in Jedi, but we never saw him like full really evil. Off. Yeah. Also, also not for nothing before you continue, like uh, Empire Strikes Back gave us the iconic, I love you. I know. I know. Yes. Right. And my wife and I do that. Like yeah, to this right? day, like, yeah. it's like yeah. one of those things. Yeah. Um, Rogue Sorry, One. You were saying about how, yeah, how, how Darth Vader, we'd really finally see Darth Vader. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that made Rogue One so good for me. One in Rogue One, it never really felt like the good guys got a break. Yeah. Everything kept tilting in these other ways. It was, you know, from her parents being, you know, mom gets killed, dad gets taken away. She's handed off to Forrest Whitaker's character who, mm-hmm. you know, is is messed up in his own right. And 
you know, they've got, we got a, a test run of the Death Star on a planet, like just, and we got to see the destruction from the planet surface view mm, right, of right. this weapon, which was like, oh man, like that's huge to yeah. see what that looked like. And, and, you know, we get to see Darth Vader a couple of times. We get to see him visited on his, on Mustafar, where essentially his planet, like he's claimed it as his own. Yeah. Where um, Ben Mendelsohn's character goes there to talk to Vader about what's going on with the, you know, the plans for the Death Star and who's actually in charge of it because Grandma Tarkin is, you know, taking control of the project and all these other things. And there's that that kind of weaselly infighting. And um, but it was just such a good movie so different like you mentioned which i think is why and and honestly you could ask me any given day and and honestly empire and rogue one probably flip-flop a little bit sure yeah but it again it was one of those that in terms of star wars movies we'd only ever really seen something this dark like a couple times yeah right um and it was interesting to see no, nobody makes it. <laughs> like, right. Nobody makes it. And to your point, um, the characters that get introduced, man, that, that whole, I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And just walking It kind of gave it that spiritual aspect that it, it had hinted at before, but hadn't really delivered. Right, yeah. And all of a sudden we see it delivered through a character that doesn't really demonstrate like force powers that we yeah, kind of force adjacent. <laughs> yeah, but it, that's a good way to put it. Like seems yeah. to be force adjacent. Um, and another character that I just absolutely loved was the droid, which was voiced yeah. by, uh, and I can't remember the actor's name right now. Alan Tudyk. There you go. Thank you. Alan Tudyk, who, if you're a, a Serenity Firefly fan, you know, um, yeah. from that show, he's uh, or his absolute... new show, I, Resident Alien or something like. Yeah, Resident he's... Alien. He's yeah, got yeah. a new show out as yeah. well, and he he's so was funny and so good, good as yeah. as that droid. Right, he's so good. It's like, why does she get a blaster and I don't? <laughs> By the way, for the record, I think this is a bad idea. <laughs> right, and he's and he's like, there's some human aspects to yeah. him, right? But you know, Ando, like learning his kind of story and the, and the tragic aspect of what he's had to do for the rebels right it took a little shine off of the rebels for for you as well if you really paid attention like he was sent out as the person to like he was their undercover guy and in the first scenery that we see him in he kills someone yeah who is not a member of the empire he kills him so he can't tell people on him and that we find out is his job to do the things that the rebels need done he's like their black ops guy and seeing that and when he talks about like the bad things that he's had to do man took a little bit of that this is the shining mm-hmm. white knight group of of the galactic you know struggle and right. brought them down to hey they have uh, a naughty side as well 
Yeah. Again, the, the idea that we're all compromised in some ways and yeah, let's not be quite so uh, cavalier about assuming we're the good guys and they're the bad guys. Right. Like, yeah. That come off your high horse a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then of course, like we've talked about it a million times and you brought it up earlier. It's that iconic scene of, of Vader boarding the ship and just the pure power and evil and speed and ferocity with which he just starts killing everybody. Right. And the fact that it fed into the beginning of new hope. Right. Yeah. That it literally went from, took us right up to the beginning of new hope, right up to the beginning of new hope, which was so cool. Very, very cool. Right. So cool. So for me, rogue one was, was that movie that was its own in so many ways, but had such a big impact on the rest of the canon really at the end of the day because now anytime at least for me anytime i go back and look at like darth vader i think okay yeah he's he's there's a reason everyone's terrified of him there's a reason everybody's terrified of him it's not like a mild question anymore he just force chokes people and then lets them go like he is willing to kill and slaughter everybody and i think again that's why one of the reasons i i thought revenge of the sith and still do is up there because uh it was the point that hayden christensen really went to showing us again just kind of that there was some remorse to what he was doing but he was still going to do it yeah the difference between that and seeing vader in rogue one is there was no remorse You mean like nothing, nothing at all. So, uh, yeah, man, that was fun. That took a a little while longer. That that did uh, take a while, but I I feel like we could keep going if we wanted to, but, uh, it's been long enough probably. And I just realized that, uh, you've been foreshadowing your, uh, number one on your t-shirt this whole time. Oh, yes, I have. Uh, (laughs) although that's a, you know, Different rogue, I understand. Different rogue, uh, yeah, barbell company, fitness company out of Ohio. Yeah. But yeah, same. Like we had rogue and then we had the tattooing. Yep. Um, Very good. So, well, thanks everybody for listening. Yeah, I hope if you're still with us, uh, <laughs> God what? bless you. Like, you're yeah, good on and, you, and what did you like? like yeah. Where do you rank them? Right. Where yeah. do we get it right? Where do we get it wrong? Where do we like sync up with what you thought and uh where do you think we're wildly off the mark and yeah. and let us know please again we yep. always love like to. to hear those things love to hear that sweet awesome well thanks everybody for uh joining another episode here uh until next time uh, be well and we'll we'll see you next week bye everybody